Today's gospel is a very powerful teaching for us. It's a powerful gift that God gives us for our reflection, for our meditation. It's not just a question that Jesus asked, what do the people say that I am? Which is very, very important because each one of us has to answer that question. But it's also the context in which it took place. So here we have Jesus walking with disciples to a place called Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi may not mean that much to us, but Caesarea Philippi was a place where most rabbis would never even tell their people to go, they would say avoid that place. Caesarea Philippi, with its old name, was called Panium or Panius. This was the place where it's a very, it's a beautiful area. I had the privilege of being there. You know, once I went to the Holy Land and this place really struck my heart with its beauty, but also what was there. What was there was a, was a worship of an idol called Pan, God of fertility. It is right in the middle of this beautiful mountain near Syria. And the water flows from there, beautiful natural spring. But then it flows into this very deep crevice, very like a bottomless crevice. And whatever the water overflows, it overflows and begins where the Jordan River begins. This is where Jordan River begins there. It's a beautiful vegetation. Everything is there, luscious, green, everything else, even though the whole area, as you know, Palestine is on a dry side. Even parts of our desert as well. So, so here it is, Jesus is taking his disciples to a place of true idol worship because there was this God of Pan, and if you know Greek or Roman mythology, um, it was God of fertility. And not only that, there's all kinds of, this, this God who was, was created in this image of being half man, half goat. Have man, have goat. And, and uh, what was emphasized there, not only that aspect of fertility, but, but all kinds of lusts, lascivious type of creature, a lot of um, all kinds of, of uh, immoral practices were going there, going on continuously. And not only that, but also there's also sacrifices made even of children. So, um, here is this place, uh, and it is here that the Lord wishes to have disciples know who he is, how they respond to him, and what is his mission and purpose. So first of all, we have this place, and as you know, King Herod, who wanted to please both the Roman Roman uh, emperors, as well as please his own people. As you know, he built uh, in, in a temple in Jerusalem, beautiful temple. He did many things, but he also built a temple to the Caesar, um, to the Caesar uh, Augustus. He wanted to make sure that he built a temple there in that beautiful place that he is a God because was, you know, emperors wanted to be considered to be God. And we don't have to think too much. You know, we think of sometimes we uh, different people, 
uh, uh, even politicians or, or movie stars, or so we say movie star, we, you know, it's like they're goddess, goddess of theater, goddess of this. You know, we, we do these types of things today, even too, we raise people, some people really high, you know, create out of them, you know, beyond the mortals. But anyway, so King Herod wanted to please Herod, uh, Caesar Augustus, so he built a beautiful temple to him. Uh, and it was made of white marble, so that you can imagine the green, beautiful waters and everything else in this temple, you know, to honor Caesar Augustus as God. But then his son, Philip, wanted to not only uh, please the next emperor, uh, but he even changed the name to, to be a place for the Caesar himself, Caesar and Philip, yeah, don't. So as you can see, what it is, it's just a, um, a place of idol worship in an extraordinary sense, but also a place of, 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 you know, of immorality, a place of violence, sacrificing children uh, for, for, uh, for fertility purposes, okay? Now, so the Lord comes and it is there and he walks with his disciples and he asks this question. St. Matthew says it was already in, in, front of the, in front of the rock there, but he says on the way. Um, so, but the, the, the question is still the same. Jesus walks along the way and he says, who do the people say that I am? And so they tell him, they say in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And then the Lord asks him, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say? He addresses this to the disciples because they hear people were talking about Jesus. People were talking about him because he was doing extraordinary signs. And so, so they, 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 they heard what people said. Well, what do you say? Peter said to him, he replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and then what happens is Peter recognizes in Jesus. But what happens is this is that um, Jesus says to him, uh, Peter, you are the rock. Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of the other world will not overcome it. You are the rock, you are Peter. Okay, now if you were to look at the words of Jesus, and we also see that this big crevice, this big crevice in, it, in, it, in this village or the tuck, town of Panium or Caesarea Philippi, that very crevice filled with water was also known as the place of Hades. This is where the place of the dead and hell as well. And so, so, the, so when Jesus says to, uh, to Peter, your rock and upon this rock I will build my church. Here we have uh, upon the rock is built all the idols upon this rock idols, temples, you know, but Jesus says to him, Peter, you are the rock. You are the rock, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will never overwhelm it. The, the gates of Hades, just like that. Even that which people believe will never overcome. And so Jesus gives witness both to himself as well as to Peter that he entrusts his power Okay, if you will go a little bit further, but guess what happens? Even though Peter is asked and Peter has the right answer, he knows this Jesus, the son of the living God, you are Christ, you are the anointed one, you are the one, the Messiah that is to come. 
But then he began to teach them. And this is when Jesus says, okay, yes, it is. I am the Messiah, but the son of man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and rise after three days. <coughs> so what we have is <coughs> Jesus defines who Messiah is, who is the son of man. He's not the, not the one who is to come, you know, in power, because this is how St. Peter understands. And this is how Peter understood. You are the one anointed by God. You are the great ruler. You are the one who fix everything. You'll bring the nation back again with all its power. We will be able to overcome the Romans. And of course, Peter understood that there's also benefits for them. And so this is when Peter said, he took him aside, not in front of the others. He took him aside and he says, can't be that way. You can't. It's not possible. This is you have a wrong interpretation of who I am. You know, to, to Jesus, who you are, the wrong interpretation. And then the Lord Jesus turns in a very stern way, and he says to him, um, rebuke Peter and said, "Get behind me, Satan. You're you're thinking not as God does, but as human beings do." The teaching here is very strong. Who do we say that Jesus is? If things don't go right, do we complain to him? You're not doing your work. If we don't want to do something because we prefer something else, we set Jesus aside. We don't want him around. <clears throat> me. There was a person who was quite afflicted with all kinds of trials and temptations and looking at the past. And I said, I want you to take Jesus with you to revisit the past, revisit the junk parts of your life. I want you to take Jesus because that revisiting the past caused all kinds of harm, of fear, worry, and 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 anger and all kinds of other emotions because sometimes we look at ourselves why did we do the things we did why did we do the things why did we fall so short of the mark of god and and i said i, I want you to take jesus with you there and that person says i'm ashamed i'm ashamed to take jesus with me because i feel like i'm not there anymore but i feel like if i take him then all my past will come i said jesus already knows but he wants to come because he came to save us. He went to Caesarea Philippi because what did he want to do? He wanted to show that he has the power to overcome evil, that he has the power to overcome all idol worship, that he has the power to overcome all human sacrifice. Because even today, as Mother Teresa would say, you know, we offer children for the sake of comfort or future, uh, uh, future, uh, professional uh, type of works or whatever it may be. There's a reason why Jesus brought these disciples there. He wanted to show them that he is the one who is confronting evil, the gates of hell, Hades, and that he also gives this power to us as the church, that he gives us this power to overcome all kinds of evil, doesn't matter what it is in the past or today, which we have to confront because he's the one who has. And we know this, we all of us are here because we know that he is the one and there's no other.
He's the one and there's no other, but we have to have this image of God, not something that we want to sort of set aside. He's the one, this is what Peter wanted to set aside. Yes, I know you're a Messiah, but you're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to free the people of Israel. You're supposed to form a new country. You're to be a powerful leader. But Jesus says to him, uh, what do he say? The son of man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed. Peter does not hear the last words and rise after three days. He doesn't hear it. He just heard, no, you're not going to be killed. This is not going to, it's not what's going to happen. You will be there. So Peter, even when Jesus speaks to him, Peter's mind works on its own. How many times our mind works on its own and just kind of think of conclusions, drawing conclusions. But this is our, our faith. The God who has given us his son, even though it seems the, there's a weakness here because he allowed himself to be crucified, but he didn't allow himself to be crucified. He embraced it on his own for our salvation. He, he gave his offerings, he gave his life for us. Here I am, I have come to do your will. Not as St. John's gospel says, life wasn't taken away from him, he gave us. He gave us everything and, and he offered himself. And so here, here it is a, the, the, that invitation for us, invitation that we, we have to follow him. We have to embrace him. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. It's really that invitation, invitation to carry the cross, invitation to welcome that suffering that comes from being witnesses to the gospel, suffering that comes from being witnesses to God's love, to our love for one another, because that's what love is. Love costs us. It's, there's a suffering there. Every parent knows you want to take care of your children well, there'll be all, all kinds of problems, difficulties, and you have to stretch yourself. Same thing for us as, as priests. We know we have to stretch ourselves for, for the people. How many times I get calls in the middle of the night, problems, difficulties, or suicidal, you know, temptations, things like that. It's continuous. Their affliction is continuous. It doesn't stop. But the fact is that there's no need to fear because death has been overcome. Sin has been overcome. The, of, the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will never overcome the church, its sacraments. It will never overcome uh, the, the gift of, of, the, of, of, of the bishops. It will never. There's not, not possible. Jesus entrusted this, this power to them. No one will overcome the church, no one. You know, as a matter of fact, Cardinal Richelieu once who said to, to Napoleon, he says, you know, you think that you're gonna destroy the church if bishops and priests and popes did not destroy it, do you think you're gonna do it? It comes from, because it's God's church, it's Christ's church. It's, it's, there's no way we can ever eliminate because we have to fight God and we will not overcome God. But the Lord is asking us, whoever wishes to be my follower, wishes to follow me, uh, embrace, embrace the crosses, the, the cross that you are given. And you know, there was a, there was a, a, a lady who, who complained that she said that her, 
sister wanted to give her a cross, beautiful cross for her home. And her friend says, why do you want to give her a cross? You want to give her another cross, you know? She already has plenty of crosses, all, all, all kinds of problems. And you know, and, and the fact is this, the big misunderstanding, the cross, to look upon the cross and see our salvation, to look upon the cross and see the Father's love, to see the, the Lord's love for us, love that took us, took him all the way there because he wanted to free us so that we may overcome the gates of hell, that we may overcome everything that separates us from him. And, and we know that today, as St. James says, this is the faith, the faith to take care of one another, faith that is visible in our works, works of love. And of course, we know that the, 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 the Jesus was already um, pre-announced today that first reading from Isaiah, the suffering servant. He is the chosen one, and yet he's the one who suffers greatly. We hear that reading from on the Good Friday, you know, the hearing of, of, of the suffering servant. But I wish to say something, just one more. I know time please quickly goes by, but today uh, uh, there's a beatification of Colonel Wyszynski, you may we have heard of him or not. He was the cardinal in Poland during the time of communism, who stood up to the communists. He was arrested. He was able to overcome all the all the trials and difficulties. And he was the one who prepared the, the nation during this period of Stalinist, Stalinist period where he was under arrest. He prepared this nine year novena in preparation for the millennium of Polish Christianity. So for nine years, he chose themes and chose readings and chose, he wrote these special type of reflections on how, how to prepare people during this period of nine years. And part of that preparation was John Paul II as a cardinal. This is the team, Cardinal Wyszynski also, the, and the young, young, 20 years younger uh, uh, Cardinal Wojtyla, who became Pope. He was the one who helped Wojtyla to be formed how to confront communists, how to confront and, 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 and stand up for the truth, stand up for his priests. Because as you know, the, he was under arrest because the communists told him, you can't let priests just talk. You can't talk against the government. You can't do it. And he says, you broke the, broke the very principle you know, of this agreement. And, you know, and, and, and so Car Cardinal wanted to make sure that the priests were protected, so he would, he would be writing special homilies once a month or so, as frequently as necessary, where he would confront the communists and so that the individual priests would not be arrested or would be in jail or would be killed. And this is what we have. And so he was the one who, with an incredible degree of knowledge of the people, he had two doctorates, you know, a doctorate in sociology, a doctorate in canon, canon law. He was, a, he was a brilliant man but he spoke with the incredible simplicity, how to draw people's hearts to the Lord, to Our Lady. He consecrated himself to Our Lady. He was one of those consecrated uh, priests, just like he and, and, and also Cardinal Wojtyla, which is John Paul II. They consecrated themselves to Our Lady and were able to be extraordinarily powerful. Now, he died in 1981, right in the middle when the Solidarity Movement began. And as you know, Solidarity Movement nine, nine years later uh, transformed the whole Eastern Europe because once the communists fell in Poland, then they kind of fell right across. You know, it was a domino effect. Now he saw this, what happened. 
he died in 1981. But then uh, most people considered him extremely a holy man. And it took him a long time, almost, you know, we're talking about 40 years to be beatified. They had to examine everything because he was so much involved with things. Now, it is through his intercession that after he received the, you know, the, the document of, of the heroic, vir heroic virtues, which is he lived his faith to a heroic degree. He lived his love to a heroic degree and hope. So after he was, he was uh, recognized as living as servant of God, then the miracle came, and it is through him that the uh, one of the sisters, uh, a sister who was a sister servant of the Holy Cross, she was cured of, um, she had a, a, a inoperable uh, cancer, uh, thyroid cancer, just completely, there's no, no more, the doctors were not giving any life, and so it was through, through him that the, uh, that, uh, the miracle took place, and today, in Warsaw, <clears throat> he is being beatified alongside with a sister. Uh, she was blind. She was a blind young woman who established a religious community for the blind. And and so it was very interesting. You know, there we have, she she established 1918. Her name was Elizabeth Rose Chachka. And, and she she uh, she established this, this center, this institute for, for the blind, wonderful place, 10 miles away from Warsaw. And, and so she was also beatified together with this cardinal. So, so uh, and, and her miracle, there's a young, there's a girl who was in, I think four or five years old or so. And it was a really bad accident. She was on a swing and the thing swing for whatever reason, you know, ch children are, are, you know, using the swings and she fell, the, the beam came down on her head uh, just really uh, hurt her profoundly badly. There was really no no way. The doctor said either she would be a, like a vegetable, meaning that she would not be able to function, you know, visibly. And and again, it is through the intercession, you know, the 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 the, the mother and those for whatever reason I do not know. They chose her to pray for her, uh, and through her intercession. And so this little girl, she became completely well. There's no signs whatsoever, normal girl. She is now, uh, she's a teenager and she will be the one carrying the relics of the uh, of this uh, sister uh, um, uh, who is being beatified together with Cardinal. I know I took a little longer time of yours, but you know, God is good to us. You know, the Lord wants us to choose Jesus, our Lord and our savior. He's the one, there's no other. And, and we are invited to participate in his victory, the victory that he gives to each one of us to overcome hell, overcome sin, brokenness, everything that we do. In today's world, we know there's so much of difficulties. We don't know who we are. You know, we're confused. There's so many young people who are so confused as to who they are. They don't even know their identity or gender or anything. I know this is a brokenness that human beings perhaps have to undergo. And yet we know that in God, we know who we are. We are the sons and daughters of God. And Jesus is the one who will give us everything because he died for us. He poured forth all his grace. This blood and water, which are sacramental life of the church is being given to us today. Cleansing waters of mercy, the blood, the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ is given to us. So maybe then today, as we continue with this sacred liturgy, turn back to the Lord and say to Jesus, if you, 
I know who you are. I know you are the Son of God, but you are my Savior, my Redeemer. You're my beloved. You're my very means and power by which I attain eternal life. Yes, you are the Son of God, and you are the merciful Savior. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.